Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Today's episode, we're talking about how opposites attract. No one's ever brought this topic up before in never, the history of the world. Never. So have you ever been frustrated with your partner because they do the opposite thing of what you would do in a situation? Um, yeah. I, I was funny. I was looking at our notes, and Jeff's written down here that persistent repeating conflict is normal. <laughs> like, oh, so it's not just us. Okay, good. <laughs> no, it's not just you. It is actually really normal. Most the vast majority of couples have some kind of repeating problem that they work around. Yeah. So sometimes these problems are not even solvable. That Yeah. Yeah, and they just figure out a work around rather than solving the problem itself. We just know it exists. We bump into it every once in a while. Yeah. There's a lot of other great things going on. So, yeah, just roll over it. Yeah, if you've ever thought, you know, why am I having the same argument with my partner over and over and over again, that this is the phenomenon we're talking about. Like, it could be because you have opposite styles. could be a thousand reasons, but it could be, like we're talking about today, you have opposite styles, right? Right. And so it that's okay. Don't, mm-hmm. don't fret about that. It is normal. However, you probably want to do something to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, so you're saying that, that there's some power in awareness of why they think so fundamentally differently than I do. Yes. It's, you know, I'm always an advocate for being aware of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. So much of what goes on in our mind is not actually in our awareness. So, you know, being more aware of what's happening in our mind allows us to have the freedom to make different kinds of decisions in life. Sure. And I, I want to just take one quick little a detour here as we get into it, because you said something several episodes ago. Um, we were talking about how um, couples talk about all the conflict they have, the areas of where they don't have anything in common. Mm. And you said, no, they have tons of things in common. It's just that they don't fight over the stuff that they have in common. Right. And it's the friction points that, that seem to right. always come up. Yeah. So even when we say opposites attract, the reality is, is we're really not opposites. I mean, you know, this is on a continuum, sure. right? So we could be opposite in many, many ways, mm-hmm. on different different things, or just a few. But you definitely notice the points where there's pain. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I guess all I was trying to say is, is you know, this is not an excuse to say I have nothing in common with my partner. Right. I'm generally speaking not a big fan of the all or nothing kinds of statements like, you know, they're totally different from me or they're always this way or they're never this way or whatever. So um, I'm not immune from this phenomenon. I have married somebody who has a few tendencies that are opposite, somewhat different than mine. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Um, So for instance, I'm a planner by trade. Yeah. And it's really interesting because that means that I tend to think in terms of future events. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of the things that I really struggle with as a human being is being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have married somebody who lives in the moment yeah, and she's a lot of fun to be around because she's in the moment and she's, you know, very aware of 
circumstances and activities and meaning and all of these kinds of things. And I'm, you know, and I'm off staring in a distance thinking, okay, after this, we have to this and that, and then next year. And then before the world ends, we need to be sure. And (laughs) that's where I'm at. And occasionally she'll grab me by the shoulder and go, Hey, we're doing this now. (laughs) (laughs) Come back. And so I'm kind of thinking, um, interestingly enough, you and I have different jobs. You're a therapist. Right. And I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when you're in sessions with people, you're probably not spending a lot of time in the future. Uh, it's, I think you're right. I think the vast majority of my time, I'm right here and now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm super focused on what's happening right now. But I also have to be able to look backwards because I'm asking about history and what mm-hmm. might be causing things that are happening in the present and I also have to look forward because, you know, some of the cost of ways of doing something the way they've always been projects into the future. So right. I'm wanting, you know, people to understand if you keep doing it this way, then what would happen? Right. And, so I want to give a quick example of what maybe some of these opposites can create some financial tension. Sure. So, you know, I like to think about the future. I want to make sure that we're saving uh, for the future, for retirement, for kids' education, for all the things that I know um, we'll be on the hook for down the road. Um, my wife really likes to uh, make sure that we are um, spending time with the kids, having our adult kids either over or out for dinner. Um, she wants to spend in the moment, and I'm wanting to spend in the future. Mm-hmm. And so occasionally we find ourselves fellowshipping about that issue, mm-hmm. about what should we be doing. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is we're both right. Yeah. But maybe, it's, a, it's, a, it's a friction point, right? Maybe you're not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe you each have your own preferences or your own styles. Now you get to negotiate how you're going to resolve the difference. But what's come out of that is, is I know that my wife really appreciates me looking down the road to make sure that we are taking yeah, care of future needs. Of course needs. she does. Of course she does. And I totally appreciate the fact that we are investing in today and making sure that we're keeping lines of communication open and that we're enjoying the moments as they're passing and not just waiting for something in the future that, mm-hmm. as we've spoken about, I may not have total control of anyway. Right. That's right. So we both end up benefiting from skills that we don't innately carry. And I think the truth is you're probably attracted to each other, at least partially because of these different styles. Mm-hmm. She probably appreciated this way in which you can look in the future and you probably appreciated the fun that you can have right now because of her. So I do think that, you know, there's this way in which someone opposite of us offers us opportunities to be in the world in a different way that we don't generate on our own. Mm-hmm. And I also think that sometimes our partner presents us with a problem that we need to solve. It's not their problem. It's our problem. And so sometimes we're attracted to someone who has some trait or some style of being in the world that is perhaps familiar or sometimes, you know, we just don't notice it consciously, but it creates a kind of problem for us. Give me an example. Well, like, um, let's say, let's go with your example. Like, with your wife, you know, 
she can be present. She's here and now. She wants to have fun now. She's, you enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But what if, let's say, I'm not saying this is true about you, but let's just say, what if, if she did that too much, it created a little bit of fear that perhaps your dollars were being spent right now and not in the future. Right. And perhaps that there's some anxiety attached mm-hmm. that she's too she's too in the moment mm-hmm. and not enough uh, moving towards your style. And that anxiety causes you to be frustrated or concerned or have angry. F- yes. Whatever. Can, you we get, can we get all the way to angry? Yeah. We can get to any feeling you have. That's right. Okay. So I think while this thing has its upsides, like we feel the attraction of it, it also has this potential to be a downside. Right, like maybe our partner's natural style of being in the world is one that makes us uncomfortable in a way, mm-hmm. and that we need to solve inside ourselves. And maybe what we're saying is also true that you know it's not just this cute we benefit from each other. Maybe there are some pretty significant situations where the tendency of our partner is not in our immediate best interest. That's right. That's right. You know, not every impulse that we or our partner has is beneficial to the partnership. That's right. And what are we going to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, these are kinds of issues that you have to resolve together through conversation to be able to point them out, observe them, you know, say them out loud in a nice way, respectful way, Mm -hmm. and then work towards some understanding of what's going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then figure out what it is you want to do to try to solve that. It's, it's, you know, it's not, a, this is labor, right? This is, this is your, your, you're at the gym. If you want your muscles to grow, you can't just pick up a 20 pound thing once and then say, oh, my muscles are bigger. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the, the hard work is that you have to do this over and over, right? That you have to keep pressing those weights. It's 20 pounds, three, three reps of 10 or whatever. Right, the, right. So I guess what we're saying in this episode a little bit is this idea that if the tension in your relationship, if you're feeling a certain stuckness um, over the tendency of your partner to want to do things different than than you want, yeah. if there's some curiosity surrounding that, you can start through a process that says, hey, if I can be thoughtful here for a second, I can recognize that there are some aspects of what they are doing here that is attractive to me. Yeah, I that, think, yes, that's exactly right. What I would say is that if you can notice what's what you liked about them or what you like about them currently and be grateful for that, even though it might present you also with dilemmas, mm-hmm. the gratitude is a starting place. Mm-hmm. We, we have this tendency to want to, because we feel irritated or annoyed or angry or frustrated or whatever, to paint with a wide brush that all of this thing is not good. We don't like it. But the truth is that's not how it works. We probably do like parts of them being opposite of us. Right. So pointing those out to ourselves and being grateful for them is a starting place. Yeah. So, you know, it's cute at this level. It's, it's amusing at this level. It's annoying at this level. It's terrifying at that level. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But having, but having some appreciation for the places where it really works 
and then being able to communicate along those lines of, hey, I love the way you are able to X, Y, Z. I love the way you're able to be in the moment. Um, but we are we are not going to have future moments. <laughs> yeah, if we right. can't if we can't do this can't change, do that also. Right. Right. I I also think, you know, we say it a thousand times. I'm sure we say it every episode, but I think one of the most important things for couples to do is to figure out uh, what their shared values are. You don't know what you're working toward if you don't have a com- conversation about that. Yeah, and and this is this is a good time to to rewind and say this is we are not saying when we talk about shared values, we're you know, people say, man, I wish my spouse would get on my page or, you know, this is not whose page are the shared, the shared page is not my page. The shared page is not my wife's page. Right. That's it right. is the third page that we co-created together that has judicious amounts of the strengths that both of us bring to the relationship. That's right. And so also when you're creating core values, you're kind of you're kind of defining what does the best mix of both of our desires and aptitudes and tendencies what does that look like that's right and how do we nurture those so that they move forward with us right yeah i think another suggestion i would have for couples is when it's time to do the problem solving it's really important that you not play the blame game just because you're not seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. The blame is erosive, right? It, it, it's, it has a certain toxicity, and it doesn't get you moving in the same direction together. So it's much more important that you find that direction using your common values and try and point yourself facing the same direction doing the labor of moving to where you both want to go. And and I think what that really means is paying attention to how you're going to invite cooperation, even in the middle of some kind of difference. You know, in, in, in some of those differences, um, one of you inevitably is saying, this is outside of my best area. And so in order to let this move forward with my partner's strengths, I have to compromise that's right. I have to compromise and agree that what we've agreed to together is more important than me being a little uncomfortable in this situation. So I'm going to compromise. And if your partner is compromising for you in order for you to move forward, be appreciative of that. Be grateful for that. Recognize it. Say, I know that what we're doing here is a little outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, when it's my turn, I'm, I'm going to let you drive. Absolutely. I mean, you can't underestimate the power of compromise and acknowledging that the other one is doing the same. Mm-hmm. It does give you a sense of both sacrificing something for the common good. And I think it's also, this is a great moment to say that by saying those things out loud, you're, you're planting little markers down that, that say, look, I appreciate the times that you've done this for me. And by you saying that out loud, you recognize that you need to reciprocate. And by you reciprocating, your partner sees the times all of that you've done that. And you kind of build trust, right? Yeah, you're investing. You're investing in a way that both parties can see you're all equally carrying the load. Right. Good stuff. Very good. I think it's important, you know, with respect to how you might be opposite financially, 
to talk about how you're different financially. Yeah, and this means um, talking about what you're afraid of. Yes. I'm afraid that our resources, because our resources are scarce, I know very few people who don't admit that they feel like their resources are scarce. Because they're scarce, when we do this thing that's important to you, and it's costing me the ability to advance the cause on the thing that makes me comfortable, that's a challenge. For sure. And so recognizing that you're in it together, that you have a well-defined set of values and goals, um, and you can both agree that this is inside of that page, you've got to go forward. It, it is um, problematic if you dismiss your partner's emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, and I think the last thing I would say about this is to pay attention to what you need to change rather than paying attention to what your partner needs to change. We, it's much easier to see what she needs to change. Of do course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> right? So plain, right, and obvious. And so not plain when we're trying to look right. at ourselves and figure it. But I think, you know, again, the avoiding the blame, which comes so easily when we can imagine what they need to do to change it's really important to avoid that. It, we have to take responsibility for our, our own changes in the relationship and trust that our partner is going to do the same. Yeah, so if I'm feeling uncomfortable, that doesn't mean that I need to slam on the brakes. If I'm feeling uncomfortable, it means I need to be curious about why am I uncomfortable and is this the right time for my partner to be driving? And sure. It may very well be. And it would be better if I could recognize that, oh, I'm uncomfortable because this is their strong suit, not mine. Yay. Yay. Yeah. That's the win-win we're shooting for. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the opposite part of your partner because they're there and they have it. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 